Who are you going to call for all your karate needs? Honor Athletics, of course. 770-945-5150. Honor Athletics. And hey, guys, don't forget to use the code WILDCATDOJO as you're checking out for your 10% discount. As always, thanks, Honor Athletics. I second that emotion. I second it. <laughs> this is Wildcat Dojo Conversations. Hi, and welcome to another episode. I'm Sensei Michelle. I'm Sensei Jackie. And I'm Landon. Are we happy to have Landon back or what? Oh, we are, Sensei, for sure. It's been a, it's been a long time that I've been back at the table. I know. You've been, you're the big traveler these days. <laughs> okay, back to it. Today, we're super lucky Us. because we have as a guest, Sensei Liam. Hi, Sensei, and thanks for being here. Hi, thanks for inviting me. First off, it's my pleasure Second off, spoiler alert, we've been planning this for years. And thirdly, boy, we've known each other for a really long time, haven't we? All my training has led up to this point. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. The fact that this is the pinnacle of your career is a little bit scary. Karate career. (laughs) Karate career. But seriously, we have known each other for over 30 years. I think Sensei was already a black belt by the time I had started karate, Sensei. And we've known each other a long time, you and I. (laughs) Yikes. Okay, I'll say it. We're going to get down to the yin and the yang of it. (laughs) Because that is, of course, today's subject, the yin and the yang. And sorry about the dad joke, but how could I walk away from it? You couldn't. The sensei joke. A couple of years ago, Sensei Liam and I were talking, which we do regularly, and he mentioned that he'd been thinking about the relationship between the words obligation and opportunity. And I just want to stop right here and say, I know you guys think I'm off topic, but I swear I'm not. In that conversation, we decided that the subject would make a great podcast. And ever since then, we've been putting it off. Well, that's what we do well. (laughs) Actually, none of us is a serious procrastinator, but that was still a cute joke. Us. So a couple of months ago, we started putting the outline together for the next episode. Spoiler Mm -hmm. alert. Thank you. On opportunity and obligation. I'm really looking forward to that, by the way. I am also looking forward to that. So the other day we agreed that we really didn't think the relationship between the words obligation and opportunity should be qualified as opposites. Can you guys see that being true? Yes. Us. There is a relationship, but it's not truly an opposite one. Right, Sensei Liam? Uh, Yeah. And I I think one of the reasons we wanted to have this discussion was the complexity of that idea of opposites. I, I think we'll get into that as we discuss here. So what we settled on was the idea that that relationship between opportunity and obligation was a little bit similar to the relationship of yin and yang. Okay, stay with me here. During that conversation, I said that maybe we should introduce the concept of yin and yang before we use it as a reference. Ah, so he agreed. Do you guys both agree also? Us. I think it's a great idea. And you're still on board with that, right, Sensei Liam? 100%. Okay. And what am I going to start with, Sensei Jackie? Well, I'm going to start by saying that we used our own experiences and memories to try and pull this off, as well as a a few sources, Britannica.com and PersonalDAO.com. Do you want to add any specific sources, Sensei Liam, or not worry about it right now? Uh, Well, yeah. The Bubishi and uh, Yagyu Mononori's The Life-Giving Sword. Oh, good ones. And thanks, Sensei Jackie, for that. I want to start out with the definition of yin-yang. 
And I'm going to say that it's simply the concept of duality or seemingly opposite forces that actually complement one another, two halves making a whole, both halves trying to come toward each other and, in fact, seeking a balance. Both sensei, I read the words interconnected and interdependent. I even read the relationship described as binary. Could it compare to the computer term binary, sensei? Uh, I think so. Uh, it's interesting to consider, you know, binary as one and zero, or binary as true and false, and that those are two different kinds of dual. And they can be, like, you can use one to mean true and, and zero to mean false, but you could also use it to have other meanings, right? Like, uh, if you wanted to have a light switch, it could be on and off. Uh, so we can map those to different things. And that gets into the ideas, are on and off, are they opposites? Or are they things that work together for one thing? Exactly. And that's the whole point of the story. See, we can just quit recording right now, (laughs) which would be awesome. But instead, what I'm going to do is hang in here for a second and give a few examples. One that I liked that I read about and hadn't really thought of before was the tides. Us. That's a cool one, isn't it? That is a really good one. Who's going to go next? You know, tides uh, reminds me of breath, which I think is another one that we do think about a lot. We certainly do. And I, I just always think of the parts of a circle that go together to make a union. That's interesting. So it says to me that we all have a slightly different but uh, concerted view of what does make a whole. I'd like to, to jump in. It's interesting that these examples, right, thinking about breath or tides, are, uh, let's say, intuitively obvious, at least to us. You know, we might talk to somebody else and they don't feel those are obvious. But I want to do a quote now from uh, Yagyu Munanoi's The uh, Life-Giving Sword. Thus, it is said that both existence and non-existence are existence. So when we talk about inhale and exhale, and those two being two different things, and those two different things are one thing, that makes sense. But when we say existence and non-existence are one thing, suddenly it seems to make a lot less sense. Although maybe it does make sense, and I'm the person who doesn't get that one. I follow everything you're saying, and... It, it, that is a complicated, uh, I'm going to go with example on that one, correct? Yes. But I thought of a simpler one. So tell me if you think we can jump off of this ship on this example. When one thing ends, it's less than a millisecond before the next thing begins. Yes. So they're actually connected issues. Yes. What do you think? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to give you another example. Day and night, we mm-hmm. use those as opposites. But when we refer to both day and night as in a 24-hour period, we just call it a day. That's correct. And they are connected issues. They are not not connected issues. That's right. That's right. And Even to the concept that when it's day here, it's night somewhere else. That's right. It's, it's always somewhere. Um, and when I've talked to artists, they talk about space and negative space as being the same thing. That's an awesome example right there, isn't it? She did a good job of taking it home for us, didn't she, Sensei Liam? Yes. So at this point, let's break down the yin and then, of course, the yang. Do you want to start us out here, Sensei Jackie, please? I would love to. Yin represents earth, femaleness, darkness or shade, passivity, even numbers like two, four, and six, valleys and streams, the tiger, the color orange, and a broken line. Okay, before I ask Sensei Liam to talk to us about Yang, I just want to say, I thought the examples in our lookup were a little bit specific. Us, very. Like the color orange. Us or a broken line. Exactly. Okay, connect us to the other side of that. Oh, get it? 
Uh, <laughs> please, Sensei Liam. Aang represents heaven, maleness, light or sunniness, odd numbers, mountains, dragons, azure, the color, and an unbroken line. So what color is azure? Blue. That's what I thought. I wonder why they didn't write blue. Because it's that particular shade of blue that is just so... Is it the sky one? Yeah. Okay, got it. Now I'm with you. Okay, I, I wrote on my script. So far, I'm not lost, but clearly I was. <laughs> I wonder if uh, the orange maps to uh, sunrise and sunset. I love that idea. I bet it does, too. Boy, I've seen some beautiful ones, haven't you guys? Us. Oh, yes. Completely off topic. What's your favorite time to watch, sunrise or sunset? Mm. I'm sunset for sure. Sunrise. Okay. Whenever I can yeah. wake up. Yeah, exactly. When I'm awake, I love a sunrise. But if I'm not, I love a sunset. So I love them both. I think the colors are richer in a sunset. I hate to say it to you, but I think it's true. But the energy that comes from a sunrise, if you're you're on the beach or you're on a mountain, is just unbelievable to the body. It feels a little bit more exclusive as well, since it's uh, a lot of other people are sleeping. And so you're having a, I guess, an individual experience, maybe? I love it. Okay, we have to get back on track, and I believe, Landon, that you're going to put us there. Uh, So I'm going to give the history of yin and yang. It is kind of a gray area. Okay, wait a minute. I'm interrupting with this idea. Do you think gray is half yin and half yang? I'm just asking. Anybody? Mm. There's two ways I think we can think about it. The one is, you know, grayness as an in-betweenness. So what would the opposite of in-between be, one end or the other? That means that we would both group like white and black on one side and gray on the other side, which now we've created a a thing that was supposed to be binary, but now has three things. Or would we put white on one side, black on the other, and gray in the two connecting dots? I think we can do both. And and so that's interesting because that allows us to build systems that we can reason about. Interesting. Okay, now that I got us off topic, Landon, and I I apologize, (laughs) put us back. So back on track. History is kind of unknown because it's really so ancient that there's really not much written about the beginnings. But here's what we found. Yin and Yang are born from the great ultimate called Tai Chi in Chinese. They are in a state of constant interaction. When one gains momentum, the other recedes and then it reverses. The theory is that it is a constant back and forth within the universe. I'm just saying, Landon, you got the most grown up sentence of all so far tonight. (laughs) Although maybe Sensei Liam said some grown-up things so far. For sure. Congratulations to both of you. I try not okay. to, but, you know. The, <laughs> L, the L's took it home. What? <laughs> yes. Sensei Jackie, where are we headed? I hope some listeners remember from another podcast that there is a version of yin-yang in both the Japanese and the Korean cultures as well. I also found a sun and sky reference in American indigenous people that refers to the interplay of the forces of nature. And I found an article on a website called hinduwebsite.com saying that, and I quote here, it appears that the scholars seem to have either missed or ignored the possible Indian origins of the yin-yang. I vote we don't debate who came first and instead all agree that all ancient cultures believed in the harmonious connection of life. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I I think I would say that one of the reasons this stuff appeals is that it's a part of how we understand things even today. And so it goes back beyond written history because it was a thing that was recognizable 
to any person. Would you guys agree that a life lived in harmony is just so much more satisfying than a life that is constantly either fettered or pushing hard against a hard wind, you know, rhetorically? We can agree on that, right? Us, I think so. And that's what the whole point of this is. That's right. Do you agree with that, Sensei? Yeah, it's another interesting topic, right? If we consider harmony, what would be an antonym for harmony? Disharmony is the is, you know, the logical English semantic word, but it doesn't really delve into the difference. And and I think we I might go with the word like chaos. Discord. Us. Discord. Discord. Good one. Okay, let's get back into this. And we're going to stay with the Chinese version, just because that's the one I got the most information about. This interpretation, and I'm using the term they used here, has five phases. Metal, wood, water, fire, and earth. This leads to the Chinese belief of cycles and the interdependence between humans and the world around us. Us. And another example from them reading were the terms becoming and dissolving. And that totally segues me to Master Collegian's terms, summoning and dissolving. Us, and we've talked about that a lot on this podcast. Yeah, we have. That's interesting, right? That substitution of the word summon for become. It brings me back to Munanori's existence and not existence, our existence. Because I think what Master Collegian is implying there is that the thing exists, it's there. You might not see fire, but you can bring fire out. You can summon it as compared to the fire is not there and you're going to bring it into existence. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. It's And it's interesting how that quote on its own, right? The, the one from earlier, both existence and non-existence are existence. On its own, it sounds like what? But then when you think of it in the context of practice, that that element is there, oh, suddenly it makes more sense. I agree. I think so too. Yeah. It's almost like there's a, a reset, a dial that turns it up and turns it down. That's a good visual, but we got to get back to it or we're never going to finish. Right, okay, Landon? So us. Okay. What were we talking about? Oh, were, were we talking about the history? Us, we were. Okay. So I'm going to keep it going. The origins of yin and yang are certainly obscure. In the third century BCE, which is before the common era, an entire school of cosmology was formed, and it is possible that it was called the Yang-Yang School. Okay. I was curious about what was cosmology, so I looked it up. It's one of those words that I've heard a million times and never really thought that much about. And it's the study of the beginning of the universe, which is pretty cool. Yes. And it dates back to the third century BCE. Right, Sensei Jackie? Sensei. We're moving on with this thought from way back then. The main representative of this school was a Chinese philosopher named Zhou Yan. He was born in 305 BCE, and he died in 240 BCE. He may have created this philosophy during a period known as the Hundred Schools of Thought Era in Chinese philosophy. There is very little known about Zhou Yan's life. The only written word is a short paragraph in a document called Shi Ji, roughly translated to a record of the historian. I think it's amazing that anything was saved. And that it was saved in a language that we could understand. True. I'm pushing on, of course. Yes. With the idea of the influence of the yin-yang philosophy. It's really seen in many, many places. Astrology, divinity, medicine, and even in government, which is kind of cool. I'm going to add something that I, you know, may be confusing. 
because it's both an example, I think, of yin and yang, but then also how to think about it. And that's the idea of generative and analytical. The idea that we can make something or that we can look at it and try to break it apart to think about it. And so those two things, right, putting it together and breaking it apart are themselves sort of yin and yang. But then also, I I think that one of the reasons that, that we see the yin yang concept being used in different areas is that it's a good way to build a thing, right? So if you're you know, way back in time and you're thinking about how would I structure government, well, you could start with some yin and yang principles. Like, let's take the lord of the kingdom and then his subjects. Those end up being a yin and yang concept. Or the uh, man and wife, those end up being the yin yang concepts. I can see how when structures, all kinds of structures, be they physical building structures or the influence of humans on other humans. When it was all being put together, someone would want to have a basis on which to build. I think we would do that right now. Don't you think so? Whether we understood we were doing it or not. Us. And and it goes back to that silly saying that we know both sides of the same coin. That's true. All right. Before we start getting the listeners excited about the next episode, which I am excited about. Us. Let's round robin some unique characteristics of the yin-yang concept. Got me going here, Sensei Jackie? Sure, Sensei. The yin-yang symbol is used in Tai Chi. Us. So moving on, neither yin nor yang is absolute. Each one contains by its nature the beginning point of the other, and they're codependent, and together create the whole. That's kind of what has been our whole point, right? Yes. Okay, Sensei Liam, take it home for me. I'd like to bring it back to uh, karate for a moment. In the word goju, which uh, I don't know if we've mentioned yet, but that itself is another one of those examples of yin and yang, right? Hard and soft. And if we go back to the bubishi uh, in the eight principles of Chuan Fa, a few of them relate directly to this yin yang concept. Uh, one, the human mind is one with heaven and earth. And that heaven earth concept goes back to the generating principles we were discussing early. Two, our blood circulation parallels the solar and lunar cycles of each day, which also goes back to some of what we've been saying. And three, Inhaling represents softness, while exhaling characterizes hardness, right? And that is just fundamental to what we think about as to what goju is. That was awesome. Us. Way to bring it home, right, Landon? Us. You know I like to finish all these kind of episodes with cool quotes, right? Us. So let's get to it. I found a bunch of quotes. Did you guys find any? I've got one. This is back to the life-giving sword. When hidden, existence is non-existence. When manifested, non-existence is existence. Wow, Cecilia, that gives us something to think about. And makes me want to read that book. Me too. And um, here's mine. Yin and yang are the left and right hands of the infinite, creator, destroyer, and reproducer of everything that exists. That's from George Osawa. That is very interesting. And I'm moving on to an anonymous quote. When one teaches, two learn. I loved that quote. And I love that quote because we knew that from the minute we ever walked into Dojo as a helper teacher. Don't you agree? Us. Us. Boy, what a change it makes. Us. And and even in foreign languages, this comes back to to teach us to learn. Or anything. Or anything. The best way to learn is to teach. Right? <laughs> yes. When you help somebody, you understand it better. That, oh, yes. Okay. I think I'm going to have a teeny weeny bit of fun to take us home because this beginning of this is from... A Mission Impossible. Yes. So here we go. 
My quote is by a person named Jan Koskus. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to avoid the force of the attack upon your body, mind, or emotions and apply your response to the weak point. In other words, yield to the yang and push on the yin. Ooh, that's good. I know. What a way to take it home, right? I love Uh, it. Our only pop reference culture of the day. That's it. (laughs) Pop culture correspondent, says Michelle. (laughs) Now, we have to bring this all together to get ready for our next episode. So, Sensei Liam, how would you qualify the point as we're trying to make it moving towards our next episode on opportunity and obligation? So some of the principles we've been discussing, like the night-day example, are pretty evident. You could say it to somebody and they, they would agree immediately. But then some of those other ones, like existence and non-existence, both being existence, are more confusing. And I think that when we look at opportunity and obligation, I think those fall into the latter category of being a bit harder to pick apart as being the same thing. Makes you say, well, wait a second. So having this initial discussion here, I think, helps to set the stage for that. Exactly. That's what I was hoping for. And I believe we have achieved it. Us. I think so, Sensei. Sensei William, thank you for doing this. Thanks so much for having me. It's been great. Us. I loved it. So I'm going to call it for now. Start me out with goodbye, Sensei. Goodbye. Bye, everybody. See you next time. Bye, everyone. See you next week. Thanks for listening. And with that, I'm signing off. Thanks for being here. Hope you join us again next week on Wildcat Dojo Conversations. We really want to hear from you. Do you know how easy it is to contact us? We're on Twitter and Facebook at Wildcat Dojo. Our webpage is wildcatdojo.com. On Instagram, Wildcat Dojo Conversations. And on email, dojoconversations at aol.com. We look forward to hearing from you.